1: The Athletic.
2: Hello and welcome to 5000 to 1, the Leicester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me as always, former Leicester City captain, man of the match in the Sherpa Van semi-final 1988. (laughs) It's Mr Matt Elliott. I have to say the producers come up with another classic there for you, Matt. Man of the match in the Sherpa Van semi-final in 1988.
1: Mate, that's the best yet by by some <laughs> distance in terms of intros. Um, I, th- I thought he was doing well in previous weeks, but hats off to Joel for his uh, his research there. Oh, what was it? Eighty nine. Sherpa. Eighty eight. Nineteen eighty eight. Eighty eight. Oh, even further back than, than I remember. Uh, sorry, misheard you <laughs> there. Yeah, I can, I can actually remember it quite vividly because. <laughs> Uh, I'll bore you with the details very quickly. I'd gone from Charlton Athletic to Torquay and within space of about a few weeks, we had a semi-final in the Sherpa van, as it was then known. What was it Papa John's these days? Oh, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, in a two-legged affair against Wolverhampton Wanderers who had Andy Mutch and Steve Ball. Oh, Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, exactly what partnership those two were, obviously. And they they're rattling goals in left, right and centre. And We came up against them. And I think we I think we beat them at Playmore, at Tolkien, and got a draw, hard fought draw, at Molyneux, and uh it was sort of all adds to the pump um situation, but managed to come through it and before I knew it, playing at Wembley. And I was thinking, oh, how did this happen? But uh yeah, got, got man in a match and I don't know where Joel's dug that one out from. Unfortunately, things didn't go quite so well in the final against Bolton Wanderers. We had the Temerity to go 1-0 up and we got smashed 4-1, but uh, it was a Wembley <laughs> appearance, nevertheless. How old were you then, Matt, when you got to Wembley? 88, 19. 19 it would have been,
2: yeah. What an experience that would have been. How many fans were there? Can you remember? Good few,
1: you know, because... Bolton big Big Club, didn't they? Yeah, Bolton Big Club and Torquay, it was the first time that they'd been at Wembley I think maybe in their history, possibly they certainly for a good few decades, and later there was I was it was getting on for, I think it was about forty five thousand that was there. It was great occasion, okay, lovely summer's day, and oh, I don't know, I was pinching myself. You know, I'd gone from non league to a very short time at Charlton, where I played just one first team game, down to Torquay before I knew it, I was playing for a trophy at Wembley, and uh, like I say, I didn't quite. Go as planned, but yeah, brilliant occasion, brilliant occasion. Nineteen years of age, and uh, I was very lucky. I had a few little trips to Wembley, but never, you never get enough of them, though, do you? Leicester have got one coming up soon, which is bang on cue. Uh, absolutely, what a segue that is, Matt. Straight in.
2: Yes, that's right. We're going to be talking about that victory over Man United. That uh, Leicester are going to Wembley for the semi-final, hopefully going on to the first final for some, some, some time, isn't it, since 1969. Uh, Last time they reached an FA Cup final. The last time they reached a semi-final was 1982. So we're gonna be getting into that, dissecting that victory over Man United. Before we begin, though, just like to uh, let you guys know that right now you can subscribe to The Athletic for a special price of £3.99 a month for six months. That's 40% off the full price of a subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers round as well as ad free versions of all our podcasts so go to theathletic.com forward slash Pod to take advantage of this special 40 percent discount that's theathletic.com forward slash Pod.
1: and ianacho is in and kelechi ianacho has put leicester city in front his hot streak goes on Fred had a rotten start another case of the ball being given away turned by Iheanaccia, Tielemans is allowed to advance and drive and score, Leicester in front again, the gate was open
2: and Yuri Tielemans just wandered straight through it,
0: Anderson won't get
2: to that and it's headed in at the back, Kelechi Iheanaccia has got himself another, Leicester City take one huge step towards the FA Cup semi-finals where they haven't set foot since 1982 Right, Matt, Man United. I mean, going into the game, I think United would have started as favourites. I mean, their fantastic away record they've they've got this season coming off the back of a, a win in Milan. Uh, I know they there would have been that fatigue element, but I always say when you're on a roll and you're winning, you know, sometimes you don't feel it. You just want the games to keep coming. You want to keep keep competing for trophies. But Leicester City turned in a magnificent performance to beat them 3-1. I mean, Nacho c- continues his fantastic form with two more goals. Tielemans as well r- with Nididi bossing the midfield. It was an all-round complete performance from Brendan's
1: side, wasn't it? Oh, it was superb, wasn't it? They, they were playing at full throttle, weren't they, for the, the entirety of the game pretty much and just had too much for Man United in, in the end. I think Man United almost surrendered. They were were beaten, you know, quite. As soon as that second goal went in, I got the feeling, I was fortunate enough to be there, as were you, live at the King Power. You got the sense that Man United weren't coming back. They were done and dusted. You know, they were a beaten outfit. And, you know, I I, I agree with you um, that they should be able to deal with situations. You know, of course, it's taxing on their... Energy levels, um, and and mindset, even you know, to go to Milan and produce a great result, good, you know, excellent performance, and, and all the travelling that that incurs, etc. And before you know it, you know, it's a big quarter final of the FA Cup coming around. So it's it's hard to hit the levels all the time. But this is part and parcel of playing for the likes of Man United. This is what top players need to be capable of. And yeah, there is rotation, probably less so with Man United than a lot of the top teams. Certainly, the Man City. Um, but but yeah, I I don't think you could really use it as an excuse. And I was a bit disappointed to hear Solskjaer say that um, at the end of it. You know, oh, we weren't quite at it, and Leicester had more energy than us. That was true, but you you've got to pick yourself up for these games. It's an FA Cup quarter final. It, it it's not fourth round in the Carabao Cup, etc. You know, then you could understand really. And I, I was surprised at the team that Solskjaer picked, uh, as were most people. And I thought it, it, it handed the initiative to Leicester. You know let's get it right. if you're in that Leicester dressing room you saw the team sheet come through and the players that were missing, Fernandez in particular, you're thinking, hello. Uh, We've we've got an even better chance now than we thought we had before. I would slightly disagree with you in terms of going into the game. I think Leicester, maybe in the bookies, odds that Man United were slight favourites, but I think they were going into that game, you know, with a 50-50 chance at least. With all things considered, um, and you know, the way things, the way Leicester have been playing of late, I thought they were. In with a great shout. I didn't expect them to be as convincing as they were. I mean, it was 3-1. Could have been 4 or 5, quite conceivably. And top-class performances throughout the team, wasn't it? Throughout the whole side. And I could hear, halfway through the second half, Casper Schmeichel bellowing out to his teammates, stay aggressive, stay aggressive. As in, it didn't mean like go smashing into tackles and knocking players over, but it was about intent in terms of closing down. If there's a ball to be won, don't be in two minds. Have conviction about your your decisions and go and intercept that ball, go and make that challenge or look for that forward pass that might hurt the opposition. And it was about their mentality and he was ramming that point home constantly throughout the game. And Leicester were, were, were just superior in pretty much in every department on the day. And uh, great confidence going forward for the rest of the season. And obviously the excitement and buzz of a semi-final Wembley appearance looming. Absolutely. And, and they went into that game as well with the
2: informed striker in the Premier League, Kelechi Inaccio, now a yeah. month or so ago. We would never have dreamed we were going to be saying that. But he's just been transformed uh, lately. Let's, let's just give you a little taste of what Brendan said after the game. Kelechi has always contributed. Maybe his confidence was lower, but he works so hard every day and always comes in and gives his all. You see his confidence now. He's at the top of his game. And that's absolutely true. I mean, we've mentioned before how much of a confidence player he is and he seems to be one that's more of a confidence player than most. But how important is that and how much credit uh, should Brendan be getting for the way he's coached him and nurtured him?
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's just been a great story, hasn't it? You know, a lot of people have picked up on it, even non-Leicester City fans. You know, they, they've they seen the, the sort of the, the resurrection almost of... Coletti and Acho of late, because he's, he's had a tough time. It's been difficult for him. And you know, he, he's had even at Manchester City, his his goals return and his stats, pretty impressive. But the the level of players that he was competing against, in terms of regular selection, proved too much for him. Okay, he makes the move, expecting to be heavily involved, shall we say. You know, when he comes from Man City, he, he would have had that sort of belief. In himself, found it not to be the case, and people talk about his, you know, his inconsistency. But it, it, it's totally understandable because he hasn't had that regular run of games. He hasn't been able to hit any sort of rhythm. He, he's he's certainly turned uh, people's opinions round, hasn't he? Because I mean, at times he was Burkham esque, wasn't he, <laughs> against Man United, <laughs> plucking the ball out of the air and linking up and finishing. I mean the two goals were relatively straightforward, but they you know, they, they were decent finishes in them in themselves. But it's general play. That was, was superb. And against the quality opposition like Man United and him and Vardy, it gives a different dimension to Vardy's game, really rather than just waiting for the end product and getting on the end of things, he's actually involved in the mix a bit more a bit more, which I think he, he revels in. Oh, absolutely! I mean, Cechi's
2: record in the cups is absolutely amazing. He scored 16 yeah. goals in tw- 22 starts in English domestic cup competitions, including 11 in 11 in the FA Cup, and that is now 13 in 18 FA Cup games, the most of any player in the competition since making his debut in January of 2016. It's a phenomenal record. But what a the, the lot of our readers are talking about at the moment is this partnership that he's got with Vardy that really was sort of forced on Brendan in many ways with the injuries to Madison and Barnes uh, and Ozzy Perez, who's now back. Um, He had all these injuries, so he had no choice but to put these two together. And they've been just such a phenomenal success. When the Madisons and the Barnes are back and Ricardo Pereira's (laughs) back, what's he do? Does he stick with it? Because it's working at the moment. He seems to have found a system... Whether it's by by design or what, he's it, found a system that has been proven to be very effective at the moment.
1: Yeah, it, it is going to be a bit of a conundrum. But I mean, it wasn't so long ago. Leicester were, uh, were playing four two three one, and they weren't doing bad at that either. Mm. So you know, they've just got good players in the squad, haven't they? Whichever system Leicester play, they can be effective. They've proven that, and get, it's more strings to their bow. And you know what weapons to have, isn't it? To have that flexibility or that versatility um to to adapt you know within games itself or from game to game and teams brendan brendan's not averse to sort of mixing it around a little bit as well and going up against who the opposition are you know it doesn't always come off spectacularly but more often not he gets it right he's made little tweaks when I remember against Aston Villa last season, he, he actually went with Ian Acho and Vardy up front and a diamond behind them. A few people sort of raised eyebrows, scratching their heads, thinking, why has he changed that? They weren't saying that when Leicester went on to win convincingly and you know smashed a few past Villa, didn't they? So um, so it, 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 the honest answer is, well, I don't know. I'm sure Brendan at this moment of time doesn't <laughs> know quite what he's going to do. Because you play it by ear a little bit, these things tend to sort of unfold themselves, don't they? Because he could be sitting there thinking, right, okay, I've got a way of getting Harvey Barnes in and Madison. Okay, you could say you're going to slot him in for Perez. But if Perez keeps playing as he is, it's going to be difficult to oust him out of the team. Where do you fit Harvey Barnes in? I can't put him at wing back. Oh, it is a problem. But but then all of a sudden. Touch wood, it doesn't occur. Someone gets injured. Mm. One of the front men gets injured. And then you're thinking, right, okay, is it going to be as effective if I push Perez up there and Barnes? You know, all of a sudden, tactical changes might be necessary. But I think while Leicester are playing well and in that rhythm, with this system, I don't think it's going to change it anytime soon. A couple of tough games coming up. Man City, West Ham, he likes the security of that formidable back three stroke back five and it gives them a great platform doesn't it and as lester have shown they're not shy of creating goal scoring opportunities even with that back three stroke back five
3: looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more.
2: Hello, listeners. Sorry to interrupt your show, but we've got a small favor to ask. We're currently doing a bit of a survey to find out more about you, your podcast listening habits, and the sort of adverts that are most relevant to you. If you feel like helping, please head to surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. That's pretty catchy, so I'll say it one more time. Surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. Thank you. Well, that was Brendan Rodgers' 100th game in charge of Leicester. Let's talk about Brendan now because there was a lot of chat after the game. And... Leicester were giving credit for the, their performance. I know the Nationals will focus on what went wrong at Man United and Solskjaer making five changes and then four subs and not taking the uh, the FA Cup as seriously as he should have done and all this. Life. But there was also a lot of compliments for, for, for Brendan. Um, and when you look at the record of under Brendan Leicester, I think it's a 53% win rate now. He's gotten to the League Cup semi-final, nearly into the Champion League, but fifth place finishing into the Europa League. Now into the FA Cup semi-final, the first one since 1982. And I had a look at Leicester's record since that final, uh, semi-final in 1982, and it has been absolutely desperate. I mean, I think there was a six-year period between 86 and 92 where they never won a game in the FA Cup. They were knocked out in the third round every year. And, you know, I think it was something like 18 times they've been knocked out the first hurdle of the FA Cup. So it's no mean feat for Leicester City just to reach a, a semi-final. Uh, but are the, it's almost a backhanded compliment, isn't it? Because they say, oh, yeah, Brendan's doing a great job. What a magnificent job. He would be great at Tottenham. He would be great at Arsenal and stuff like that. But he's great at Leicester now. But isn't that the reality of where Leicester are, though, that inevitably, whether it's a player or a manager, if they're doing exceptionally well. They're going to be spoken about as they would do even better somewhere
1: else. Yeah, it's it's the way of the world, isn't it? And certainly in the football industry, but um, you know, part part and parcel of of life. You know, when things are going well, um, and you say then rightly so, you know, about backhanded compliment, really. Although, Leicester City supporters. And I'm sure certain people at the club sort of take umbrage to a, to a degree in terms of, like, you know, hang on a minute, why would he want to leave Leicester City uh, when, when they're doing it as well as they are? You know, some of the clubs that you mentioned, well, certainly ones you mentioned there, Tottenham Arsenal, are not, at this moment in time, not at the current level of Leicester City in, in terms of their footballing performances. but. But that's not to say that the attractions isn't still there and, you know, the huge clubs, etc., and the potential and everything that goes with it. And perhaps, to an extent, the spending power um, that that these clubs will have down the line might be greater than, than Leicester City's, although that's maybe debatable these days. Um, you know, Leicester... Leicester's, I mean, we all know about their recruitment policy, but but they're not shy of spending a few quid, are they? Um no. But, but you know, at the same time, they, they've made huge profits, we all know, on a number of players. But uh, people, people probably think, well, how long can that continue? But they've, they've done it for a while now. But Brent, I don't know, other clubs, I mean, it's the same with other players, isn't it? And I, I don't know, uh, you know, the likes of Maguire and Kanti have gone and Mares and it, it's... I mean, when you look back, uh, some of the, if Leicester had been able to keep all those players, which is very rarely the case, even for the big clubs, you know, a lot of them tend to move on one way or another, don't they? But had some side, uh, <laughs> but I mean, Leicester, Leicester have got a magnificent outfit now. I mean, you, 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 you you're going to be talking to sort of a, a mass exodus for Leicester not to continue being a good side. They, they, they could afford for one or two players to even go. Not that I think that will be the case, but Brendan Rodgers is the man though, isn't he? He is the man and, you know, his stock is massively high at the moment, has been for a period of time now, and rightly so, rightly so, because he he, he is a top-level coach, manager, whichever one where you want to describe
2: him. Oh, Interestingly, I went on um, Radio 5 Live's Monday night show uh, and Chris Sutton, we were talking about Leicester City and their development and they were talking focusing on the recruitment. But Chris Sutton asked me a question, really put me on the spot, really. He said, do Leicester City want to be a big six club? And I didn't know really how to, to respond. And I sort of said, well, not really, because I think they'd lose a lot of what they are and their identity and that, that sort of family feel that the club's got if they were suddenly this beast of a premier league club but that is exactly what they're trying to aspire to be isn't it a big six club
1: yeah very much so i think i mean convince um a good few not that long ago but a few years ago you know prophesies didn't he, that he will get this club um in the Champions League slot, wasn't it that he said within was it four or five years, etc.? And he went well. He managed to go a step further than that, a lot quicker than he even he predicted. You know, going winning the league, but he didn't want that to be a flash in the pan, and neither does his son. And can top and the yeah, the way it's handled, um, you know, behind the scenes, the the intention is there to. to like, like Brendan with his players, to take them as far as he can. And the infrastructure of the club is set up to take the club as far as it can. They, they don't want to be known for a little brief period or, you know, that they, they want to set up, I wouldn't say an empire, that's probably too, uh, too dramatic a word, but they they want to you know, form something that will leave a legacy and continue uh, to, to create a story and... You know everything is there in place. I, I think without a doubt. I mean, something asking that question is like you you say there. You, instinctively, there are elements of Leicester that you think you know, it wants to maintain that that certain feel and that vibe, etc. You know, little old Leicester and what have you, and they they revel in that to an extent, don't they? Certainly, supporters do. But the the squad, the playing members, and everything about it. Is not small time these days. It's, it's, it's catching up, just um, to, to say the very least, with the, in brackets, Big Six and all that, as are other clubs. But the intention from within is to, without doubt, like to create. If you want a. A big seven, a big eight.
2: Absolutely. When Chris asked me that question, I was so tempted to say, and remind him of some comments he made on BT sport when Brendan joined the club. Oh, Leicester City just aspire to be bigger than Celtic's reserves. But I suppose... Yeah. Uh, you, you should have done that, Rob. I should have done I'm Kicking myself afterwards, I should have, that was the opportunity there. He teed me up. I should have just knocked it out of the park. But um, yeah, you remember
1: him saying that, very dismissive. Should have reminded him, Rob, sorry, um, that he gave me 10 stitches... In an eyebrow cut, (laughs) unnecessarily so, and I still haven't got him back for that yet, so tell him to watch out.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds's Small Town Welsh Football Club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May second on FX, stream on Hulu. Now, when the draw came out and we heard at halftime,
2: Man United, the winners would get Southampton. Everyone was like, "Yes, right! What a great opportunity for them." I can remember standing in the tunnel outside the changing rooms at Goodison Park when Leicester had just knocked out Everton the quarterfinals of the League Cup and the draw was made and they had avoided uh, some of the big boys and got Aston Villa who were struggling at the time and the roar that came up from the away dressing room it backfired on them because they went out in the semi-final again they have to show Southampton a Lot of respect, especially after beating them 9 0 and then Southampton coming to King Power Stadium and picking up the victory. They're a decent outfit, aren't they? They've not been in great form this season, uh, well, certainly in recent months, but they've still got some good players,
1: yeah, without a mm-hmm. doubt. I mean, it's uh, listen, you need no better example than that one you just mentioned there about Aston Villa last season, didn't you? Know, most people were. The thinking it was semi foregone conclusion that Leicester would, would stride through to to a final, and you know the eyes were glancing towards Wembley, weren't they? And it, as we, well, know, it wasn't to be. So I, this you know, I don't think Leicester were necessarily guilty of the players themselves of, of being complacent, but you know you can't help but sort of have those emotions and think, right, well, you know we've got a chance here, but. Leicester have got to, I think they've got to have that really focused mentality in going. I don't like it when people say, oh, it'd be, yeah, it'd be great to get a, a, a semi-final Wembley trip and a day out. And I'm like, no, 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 don't be thinking like that. You know, getting to a semi-final at Wembley, is uh, okay, it's all right from a supporter's point. If you come away from Wembley losing, it's a horrible place, you know, whether it's semi-final or final. And for me it's sort of like all or nothing you you want to go have that mentality and make sure you win the competition. it's not enough for Leicester to go even get through against Southampton and then you know be victorious losers I wouldn't be victorious losers sorry <laughs> <laughs> courageous losers against man city in the final you know that that's no that doesn't get you anywhere and you ultimately you've got frustration and disappointment. The achievement is winning something, really, because, you know, the semi-finals, great, but you lose them, people soon forget about them. Um, Let's go the whole hog, see it through and get that elusive trophy that Leicester have struggled to obtain for for a good few many years. Absolutely.
2: Now, we've got a little lull this weekend, international break, so no Leicester City game. But then next week, we'll be back on another edition of 5001 to preview a really low-key game against Manchester City. Looking forward to that. Matt, thank you very much for joining us again
1: this week. Pleasure, mate. And look forward to... Not speaking to you next week, which will be a welcome relief. Only <laughs> joking, mate. Always love talking to you. But um, yeah, no, we'll catch up sooner rather than later, mate. And thank you to all our listeners as well. Join us again next time.
3: The Athletic.